0: The following content is provided by MIT OpenCourseWare under a Creative Commons license. Additional information about our license and MIT OpenCourseWare in general is available at ocw.mit.edu. Yeah, um, I'm Tony Diaz. I have uh, 20, uh, 25 years or so of experience in uh, um, boat building and boat design. Um, and that stretches from hand-carved models and hand-drawn lines to, to CAD work. Um, and my main interest really is um, not just restricted to designing boats, but what designing boats can teach you about designing anything or, or you know, figuring out a very, very complex uh, set of parameters and coming, to, you know, coming through to, to useful decisions. Um, so I'll start with. with sure.
1: you. Um I'm Chris Chen. I'm a first-year student in the master's program in architecture, and um, it's the interest is pretty general. That I, it's a very interesting form and just checking it out. Great. See
0: how it is. Yeah. Great. Do you have any any uh, um, any experience with boats mm-hmm. at all? No. Okay. N- not in terms of construction or. Or use of, or, you ever sailed? City limited. No. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So uh, we'll just go, go right up and down. Uh,
1: I'm player, I'm playing on being a uh, course 2 a freshman. I want to learn a little bit about boat design. No experience with boats. I'm Sebastian Severo. I'm
2: Say that again. I'm Sebastian Severo. Okay, thank
1: you. you. My name is Dwight Chambers, I'm a senior in nuclear engineering and I rode for several years so I want to know how they work. <laughs> I'm in the architecture program, uh, master's program, and uh, I'm just taking this class, uh, like you said, uh, to explore more parameters.
0: Uh, my name is Marcus, I am a fourth year in course two. Um, I know nothing about boats, but this is the first IAP I've had free to do whatever <laughs> I want. So, <laughs> <All right. laughs> it sees me opportunity. Okay. Um, I'm Allison Brown. I'm a third year geology student, but uh, I
3: uh, joined SoundTeam.
0: I uh, have some experience sailing, and I'm currently on the crew team. So, alright. Um, I'm just team, I'm a freshman, and I'm planning to declare sixteen. And I don't know. I just
3: found uh,
2: to what is, what is the course two is? is OE? Is that right? Course can, oh, the is course mechanical. It's mechanical? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Course yeah. sixteen is Aero astro. Oh, Aero astro. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Cool. yeah. Cool. yeah. Very much interested in arrow too. So, <laughs> well, that's plenty to talk about there.
2: That has as a small role in both. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, uh, it, it also, just so you know, I, you know, I, I work almost entirely alone all the time in a shop, you know, in my little cloistered environment. So, if I'm hard to understand, let me know. I, I, I will have. To, I'm not fragile about that at all. So, let me know if, I, if what I say isn't clear. Um, I've done a lot of. Uh, building workshops. As I said is Tony, so I'm not unfamiliar with the world, but please just stop me if something makes no sense or if I'm uninterpretable. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things that we want to talk about, um, you know, with the with us, you know, we're talking about a fairly antiquated method of boat design. We've picked we've picked this method of half model carving and, and developing lines. It's very dated. Um, but what we really want to really want to have you do is experience the method because it has certain strengths relative to, to contemporary design methods. And um, you know, the, real, the goal of the class, what we really want from you is just to be involved in the thought process. We don't want you to get hung up on how to carve and how to use the tools and how to draw the lines plans, which you know experience people maybe never use again. You know, we want you to think about you know, this as a tool
0: to understand the design. That's yep, that's the, the main goal. Um, the, the the material that we're going to be skipping over would could easily be a two-year, four-year course. <laughs> so so yeah, no. The the idea is to 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 become acquainted with or or to bounce off of concepts as they come up and as they as they somehow attach to you somehow. Uh, but not in the end, this isn't a course about making a pretty half model or about uh, uh, designing a boat. You're not. Could I could design a boat in a week, okay? So, um, so go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah, on the, no, it, it, one of the things about this method is, is that it, you know it, one of the limitations of it is that it, it really relies on your own understanding of design. You know, the old builders, when they were carving a half model, they're really working largely by eye to, to determine a shape. And so they were limited in their thinking by their own experience. They got to be pretty good, but there are real limitations in, in that way. It's hard to really step out and make something really new. And, and also, the, the, the process of, of designing this way, if you're, you know, especially in the era that, that this was, this method was in its heyday, from roughly 1810 to, you know, 1950 or so, probably, um, designers would, well, actually, people went to drawing just by lines, much earlier yeah. than that, but, um, you know, the, the builders would, would, would carve their model by eye, and then they would do some kind of trick to pick up the shape of the model, draw it on paper sometimes, or draw the model, the, the, draw the lines plan, which you'll see, full scale. So if you have a fifty foot boat, you make a fifty foot drawing. And that drawing is what you pattern from. But, but the point of that exercise, we'll, we'll go through that in, in big detail, but the point of that exercise is that every step of it is an opportunity to think about iterations of the design. So, you know, one of the things that we we ask of you is not to marry yourself to your model, not, not to make it smooth and shiny but to think of it critically at every step. And so when you carve your model, which you're gonna do pretty quickly, you're gonna be done in two days, basically. And then go into the drawing the lines plan, that's another opportunity to redevelop the form. And if you're building it, you could you would have another opportunity when you lofted it, and then you got another opportunity when you built it, you know, to change it at every step. So you never get a chance to sort of stop thinking, you never get a chance to stop being critical. And then later on, if you're the builder and the sailor, when you're sanding the bottom, you know, one year you're looking at and think, boy, the next boat, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do this differently. So that's that's how this process works. It's, it's visualization, but it's also understanding this as a, as a dynamic object. It's not a shape. It's this is a, an abstract representation of the of the boat of the performance of the boat. You know, how it's sea keeping how it would act, how how it looks heeled over. Um, you, you're you know you, you're visualizing the sail rig, obviously in this case, but. Um, but think of it as a dynamic object, not as just some sculpture.
0: Yeah. I, I think it'd be a good time to kind of recapitulate the the evolution of how boats right. were designed, right. because um, for well, in 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 European uh, history, European and North American uh, culture, um, back in the Middle Ages, and probably even going back into ancient times, boats were designed on basically on a method that had to do with taking um, uh, an arc of a circle and, uh, and then somehow doing tangents off of that, of that circle. And uh, if, you, if you can imagine back a, uh, uh, well, we'll see models this afternoon, but of a uh, 16th century uh, sailing ship, you know, basically it's a big round middle with uh, ends that, that more or less uh, you know, fade in and out of that, of that hemisphere that's in the middle. It um, that, that was called a, a hole molding basically the technique that, that was used. And basically you made one shape for the middle and uh and that's all that a master builder needed. Kind of like a, a cathedral builder might you know have a, a triangle and a and a plumb bob and would design a cathedral but basically in you know as he built it uh um, these builders using this one this once uh master mould could then could then build a build a ship or if they wanted a bigger ship they'd just it's <laughs> just Put, make it longer, or, or make a slightly larger mold that was exactly the same shape, uh, the same type of shape. So then, from from that, uh, yeah, could I could I yeah. just
2: vamp uh, on that? It, one, of, one of the ways that you know those those rules of form, like that that curve might apply to the deck line in this view. It might apply to the curve of the hull, you know, sectionally here um, in a boat with recurve. You know, it might apply down here. You know, this curve. So all of these. Are these arcs, and so the builder might have one or two of these battens, and that's all he has. There's no drawing, there's an idea of overall length, and they would lay that on and they would actually saw out the timbers. The frames were all sawn, and so they just saw those things out. Then it relied on the builder to look at that shape and connect the dots, right? You know, by putting up by making it fair, which we'll be talking a lot about fairness of lines. Um, So there'd be running big battens over these frames and then with the little ads, just dubbing down the frames, you know, just taking off some wood to bevel them and make yeah. them all, make it all blend. Yeah. So that, I mean, the, the, that's an example of the builder really is designing the boat. The designer is saying, okay, I, I want this, this, and this, you know, 50 cubits by, you know, 300 cubits or whatever, yeah. and the builder yeah. does it, Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, that kind of relates to, to architecture, I would think, in the sense that you're taking a basic geometric shape, in this case a hemisphere, as opposed to a right angle. Uh, and uh, you're saying, well, whatever I make is going to be har- harmonious and come out to a whole because I'm limiting myself to articulating one form. Right. Uh, then, uh, then the enlightenment happened, I guess, and people started getting, going wild and uh, thought that, that uh, perhaps they, they could have a more complex way of dealing with the problem. Uh, and uh, you know, treat, start, started to get a sense that, uh, well, the front of the boat had a different function in the back of the boat and, and uh, you know that there there was a little bit more to it than could be than than could be handled by just using one shape and and just a, a, a adjusting it everywhere. Um, and so so you know the the empirical process of carving a scale version of something to kind of be able to to take these more complex ideas and put them into a manageable form to then to then. Uh, bounce off of and, 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 and further articulate and to, and to hopefully do some sort of analysis of, of, of that form. And then have, have a record of what you've done so that then someone then could, yourself or someone else could then build from it. And then that progressed for, for a, a number of years um, until um, then, then gentlemen decided that they wanted to get in on this but they didn't want to get their hands dirty. So, so they, they brought in um, you know, drafting. Um, and some of the earliest really great examples of, of marine drafting are, are the uh, British Admiralty uh, drawings from the 17th, 18th century. Which really were
2: just records of
0: ships that worked, that were our built right. to build to. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. But uh, you know, once that technique had, had, had evolved, then, then when you get into the 19th century, a um, certain amount of basically yacht, yacht design at that point uh, uh, started to be done more and more just on paper. Um, was, you know, it was a kind of a way to, to take it out of the workroom and bring it into the office. Um, and uh, the advantages there, of course, is that once you've, you've abstracted one step further from a physical, you know, physical reality, um, which, which means that you can experiment a little bit more freely, and it's also using math, you know, uh, measurement techniques and mathematics. You can then start to, to imagine that you're actually analyzing what you're what you, what you've got in a in a more uh, intellectual manner, and uh, then that that sort of peaked in the in the middle of the 20th century, and then once um, well, first you know the, the use of computers started, of course, came came in in um, in in more inexpensive, well, you know, kind of military naval, naval kind 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 of way. When computers were still very big and bulky, but then, soon as um, as as uh, personal computers came came on, um, people started to to figure out ways to to uh, uh, kind of, in a way, return to a 3D world, but do it in a virtual 3D world, uh, and can marry the, the the two advantages of of the of the physical model with the 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 uh, abstract um, drawing uh, version, um, because with you know, with, with 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 a CAD system, basically, you are you are you're virtually creating a a, a model that you can look at and and um, you know almost touch as well. You it, once you you put it out, you can put it out in in a you know in a, in a, a, a 3D printer or something, so you can you actually can touch it. But you're, you're getting all of, a lot of the advantages that you had. In this style of of design and analysis, but at the same time, you're taking all of the um, the mathematical analysis that, that became available with the hand drawing, and you're you're um, automating a lot of that and and, and speeding up the the, the uh, you know the, the, the labor involved in that, and you're able to to become more and more uh, uh, fine tuned in, in in you know and how how you're able to. To analyze. So for, I guess for now that pretty much covers. I think the the arc of the way in which in which boats have been designed and the way in which the, this particular project that that we're using as a framework this week is going to is going to you know fits into that overall, overall
2: view. Yeah, I think one of the things about that story that's, that that's interesting too is the um, is that the whole process is one of which designers exerting greater authority over the finished product. You know, it was really loosey-goosey with a whole molding system. And then and then a half-model system, it relies on the um, on the builder to loft the boat, to draw that full-size drawing of the lines plan, which is correcting the plan that's drawn at too small a scale. Um, but it's also interpretive. Um, every step, you're interpreting it. And if Tony lofted the boat and I lofted the boat, there would be differences. Mine would be right, of course, but never mind that. <laughs> but there, there always are these, um, but, but now, of course, if you have a, a computer design and you have the molds made by a CNC milling machine, then, you know, that interpretive process has been taken out. Um, the designer gets gets full authority on the finished product, uh, much, much, much more than before. Um, and it's just differences of the method. Yeah, and then uh,
0: just, just also, um, I mean, Ruben touched on this before, um, the, the kind of, um, the, the New England builder-designer uh, of the you know 19th and even through the 20th century, who you know built uh, either uh, uh, small sa- sailing yachts or, or lobster boats or something like that, um, would have grown up in his in his father's shop, um, you know sw- sweeping the floor and it just sort of absorbing that whole environment. Um, would start building you know carving models as toys when he was little, uh, and then and of course these are all. Pretty much all men and boys at the time, um, and uh, then and then and then sort of absorb the the whole the whole environment and and the whole um, set of limited but but precise experience that that was in that lineage that that he grew up in, and uh, at that point would know uh, through the stories you know told by by you know his grandfather and his father and all the the, the boat users uh, fishermen or whoever. Uh, who hung out in the shop would <coughs> would have a you know a, a broad kind of imaginative sense of what the implications were of the particular kind of boat that they built, um, but the, the they would never dream of saying okay well I build a 30 foot lobster boat and uh, and have we have been evolving this for three different generations that all right well now I'm going to next week I'm going to build a catamaran sailboat I mean there's just absolutely no way that someone from that tradition would would jump like that. They, for them, a big deal would be to go to you know, to making it a you know, a 10% bigger or or somehow change the tiniest thing. And people would really have very strong opinions about about how all those particular things mattered. Some of it was um, was caution because there was no there were no more more empirical way you know more analytical ways of of making judgments, but um, but a lot of it was grounded in just really strong empirical uh, understanding. Um, whereas now someone designing boats at least has the, the, the you know, imagines that they can jump between, between all sorts of, of styles of, of, uh, of, of boat types or whatever. And, and because of the power of the tools they have available and, and the information that they have available that they can pretty much grasp enough of whatever it is and, and jump in. Um, so that, that's a real significant difference.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I, you know, another, I mean, you know, it's also limited to symmetrical boats. (laughs) They have to be, you know, only carving half for obvious reasons, saves a lot of time, and it's really hard to make two identical halves. So, um, I mean, there there are limitations like that, you know, along with that iterative process, and also, you know, here's, here's this thing that, um, you know, like Tony was saying, a lot of these boats would have the same sail plan, or be powered in the same way they'd be rowed or sailed by, by familiar rigs that they understood very well but you know you walking in here unless you're a sailor you know how do you picture the rig on this boat you know it, rely, it does rely on that experience um, to know it and so that, that, I mean, that I think that's one of the big limitations of the, of the method yeah. but, it, but it did free up people to rethink that, that those whole molded methods allowed for you know constantly changing radius curves etc Um but, and they're, but they're, as you'll experience when you're making your models, there are real similarities with the whole molding. because You're going to work out you know, basic sort of perimeter lines, you know, this, this deck line, the profile of the boat, and they're going to work out maybe a transom shape, maybe a midship sa- shape, and then you're going to blend all that in, right? Like that old whole molding boat builder, right, who has just a couple of lines to go by and make it all work. And that's your design process, right? So. Um, I, I think a lot of times those old New England boat builders, you know, they carve a model sitting by the fire in the winter and they throw that one in the fire and just carve another one. And they, you know, if they blew it, they would just keep trying it um, in that way. And they, their models were, were really crude. They didn't look like this at all. We'll, we'll see a bunch of their yeah. building models. Yeah.
0: Another thing you're bringing up, too, is that um, there's a certain similarity uh, between a half-bottle and a towing tank model. I mean, you may have either seen or heard about, you know, and the museum here has, has quite a few. Um, you know, there's. Full models of some fairly good size scale that were actually towed in in a, in a tank, or or um, or even some smaller models that certain um, designers had used that, that they tow behind a boat. Uh, but those were all full models, and those were intended. Those were 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 analytical tools, you know, used to, to, to try to, to compare uh, once you once you're trying to fine tune a boat to compare uh, performance one versus another. Um, or to create uh, parameters that then you could term- theorize how those parameters might might apply across a broader range, but uh, but that but that similarity. I mean, these 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 models um, are are just meant to capture a shape that you've that that you arrive at out of out of whatever understanding you bring to it. But they're not going to then give you any information, you know, back out about. About um, how they're going to perform, unless from from one of these models, you actually went to the trouble of making making one of these these towing lines.
2: Um, so uh, everything that we've we're, we've said, we're going to say again and again. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's we've given you that's the whole cell pretty much right there, um, but we'll we'll extemporize a lot on that. Um, but in the context of you doing the work, so we'll we'll keep the 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 talk as limited as possible for now. Um, But just so you know what we're expecting in the class, um, we brought in those pine blanks, those little rectangular forms. Um, Those are your blanks. And basically what we're going to do today is we'll begin the process of of thinking about this morning, we'll begin the process of thinking about what you want to design. And then we're going to go to the half-model collection that the MIT Museum is wonderful. This is like you know going to Mecca for me, <laughs> looking at these old models. Um, so we'll go to the half model room, and you'll get a whole range of ideas. I brought a few of my models um, for you to look at for different ideas about what the what different hull forms are. Um, and then, and then this afternoon we'll begin drawing on those on those blocks. Some of these what we're calling the master lines, a deck line and <coughs> a profile, and then probably tomorrow morning we'll begin carving. So.
0: Um, so um, I don't know how how obvious it had been up to now that everyone had to kind of come up with with some sort of, of boat that yeah. they wanted to, to carve. Um, but let's be clear about what that really means right now. Um, some of you have row and some of you have done some sailing, uh, others have kind of a broader interest. Um, now um, you can bring whatever specific interest you have into it, or, or you can kind of be, if you don't have a specific interest, you can be a little bit more whimsical about what the start of the idea is. Um, you can just pick up on something that, that comes up during the, you know, the, the, this preliminary s- uh, part of the session and, 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 and jump on that and say, okay, that's where I wanna go. But uh, no matter what, which one of these uh, starting points that, 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 that you, that you uh, decide on, um, I think it's 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 really important that um, that you keep yourself open to to the the, the way in which um, you you know even even an experienced person can't bring too many preconceptions into into this and that is that is how deadly it would be for. A, Beginner to say, okay, well, I already know exactly what I want to do, and now just get out of my way and let me do it. Um, that would be fine if we had another couple of years for you to kind of trial and error your way through this. But, um, but in, in the end, that might or might not actually make you understand, you know, get you to understand these things any better. I think, I think that the the real goals that that we're, we're aiming for here, and, uh, and 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 the greater satisfaction from the course is going to come from. Being able to, yes, start you know have some sort of a fairly uh, solid starting point and say, okay, you know, not not every you know between now and tomorrow morning you know keep switching between a, an oil tanker and a and a catamaran, but uh, you know pick a type, but but then then remain open as to how that's going to flesh out until we actually do it. You know, th- this is this is empirical work. This is something that where you know every step. Adds on you know builds on what what came before and none of us should really know where we're going to end up before we before we've begun um, just have a kind of a general general direction
2: yeah and I you know that's what th- that right there might be what's unique about this method because that 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 attitude is really logical with it and so you know to that end you know no one's going to be greater than the quality of their design at all you know the biggest thing that we want to see is you know, go around the room be aware of what everyone else' models looking like. You know, take the whole, you know, get the whole picture, um, and um, and just you know, just stay stay heavily involved in that way. Um, so, just continuing with the with what how the week will go. Um, tomorrow and and Wednesday, we're we're going to try to get all all our models more or less, you know, that idea basically fleshed out and done. So the models will be almost completely safe as of Thursday morning. It is going to be fine, and then. Um, on Thursday, Tony's going to be gone Tuesday and Wednesday, um, and, and Tony's expertise obviously is far better than mine um, for critiquing um, the model from a from a design perspective because I'm not a boat designer; I'm, I'm, I'm just a builder. Um, I've got experience with the method, um, but I can show you a lot about how to use the tools. I can show you a lot about how to how to understand the system. Um, and then Tony will come back on Tuesday, on Thursday, and we'll begin lifting shapes. You know, taking taking. Uh, taking offsets off your models and beginning to draw them. We probably won't do everybody's model, um, simply because it just, it, it, I don't think it'll maximize the class to do it, we'll, we'll probably do a few though. Um, we'll try to get some shapes picked up on, on Wednesday evening, or Wednesday afternoon. Um, and so then, so then Thursday is, uh, is, is beginning drafting and understanding how that's interpreted as well to the process and then Friday, um, we're gonna try to wrap this whole thing up, <laughs> which else, it ends up being a lot of fun. Um, but we'll talk about some of the old analog systems for analyzing these, the, the drawings. And we may go back to the model room for another uh, vision of that. We'll go to Kurt's uh, plans collection, which is you know, a fabulous resource for you guys at MIT. The, the plans collection here is, is unreal. Um, so that's, that's basically the, the deal with the class. You know the, the schedule is 9.30 to 3.30. Um, it's really brief. don't you know, have to do everything that we want to do. Um, if you can bring your lunches, that would be great, so that lunch can be like a half hour, not 45 minutes. And and I, I really do want everyone to be here at 930. Um, but, I hate to say it's inevitably there will be stragglers, but we want to introduce every day with a pretty brief um, morning lecture, like tomorrow morning, I'll, I'm going to start demonstrating how to carve the models, you know, how to use the various tools. Another thing on the tools uh, that, you know, they're the shop tools, but also Tony and I uh, have another organization called Mass Bay Maritime Artisans. It's a nonprofit that does boat building workshops uh, based out of Kingston, Mass. Um, and I brought all the tools. <laughs> so we have, uh, I think we have like nine block planes. You know, We have a lot of chisels. We have a lot of spokeshaves. We have a lot of the tools that we need. And they're all tuned up and ready to go. Um, so we have all those tools as well to use. Um,
0: but that's basically the, that's yeah. basically how the, how the class, um, but you know, this, this isn't a craft class, um, you're not going to learn how to, how to do any kind of woodworking technique, um, we actually, we didn't really talk about anyone who, who has had previous woodworking experience or not,
2: you know, you guys might, you know, you might have none right now,
0: you might, you might actually be, be very very uh, experienced woodworkers, but um, the th- these process, you know, this this is this is more of an experimental class. The the you know, think of these as being you know the the, the beakers or the uh, um, you know or the the uh, the computer algorithms or whatever it is or, or the you know the 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 circuits um, that you that you would use in 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 any of uh, your other classes, um, you know and. Uh, they're 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 means to to get to an understanding. They're you know they're not an end in themselves. And the fact that someone um, has limited uh, experience with with tools, um, you know, Ruben's very good at at helping people out with with those things. And and the thing is that it isn't a race to see who has the shiniest model at the end of the week. Um, if 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 someone is just totally incapable of 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 the physical work, which which uh, you know, I mean, I I probably would have been, you know, the first time I've been exposed to this. Um, That's still not a barrier to the class because um, you know, having some attempt at 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 doing the the physical work and watching and talking and listening um, will fill out all all of of the gaps. So long as so long as at least a couple of you can actually make a a workmanlike attempt at at at, at, you know at something with some level of 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 uh, accuracy to it but uh, but that that's not really a big expectation, and that shouldn't be a big hurdle for, for anyone
2: yeah and it, it's really on us to, to keep you from getting uh, caught up in how the tools work and make it you know just just try to think about what your idea is what the what the form is and like, like Tony said I'll be hovering a lot and trying to show you how to execute that idea um, so I uh, I was going to talk about that that jig, but I don't think I, it's not it's not in the room. So let's let's do that later. Um, what what time is it? Okay, it's, if this is still working, so I kind of love. it. Oh, good. Is that right? Good. Um, so let's um well, well any questions? <laughs> Anybody falling asleep yet? You look pretty lively. Um, let's let's begin thinking about then. Um, we want you to go to the model room with with some idea of what to look for, you know, some idea of what the what the shape you want to think about is. I mean, the model room is, you know, it's it's just what's in there. It's a lot of variety, but it's just what's there. There may not be the design that you're really thinking about, um, and that's fine. But let's let's begin in a kind of um, in a group way to begin thinking about your your models. What are you
0: thinking? Well, about? I'm just thinking. Um, uh, we've got at least ten minutes before we need to do something else, right? Yeah. Um, how, does, would, would anyone want to volunteer with, to start either asking a question or, or making a statement about what they think, how they think they, they want to begin or what kernel of a, of a, of a, you know, of a germinating idea they have about, about where they would like to come, you know, to start uh, focusing their, you know, your particular boat project? Because if, if someone's willing to volunteer, just a little kernel of that, we can kind of bounce that around and, and perhaps this, this can get a, start getting concrete for you. For you. Yeah. Before you
1: do that, is it possible to speak broadly about sort of, I mean you mentioned sort of like classes of boats or kinds of boats. Right. Can yeah. you describe briefly like sort of underlying categories? <coughs> of
0: well that's going to be really very, very easy to do in the model room. And uh, um, but uh, but if, you know, that, that, will probably, that would come up during this little bit, this exercise that I'd like to do right now. Yeah, and well, I, you know, I think
1: you, know, I, I think you could uh, get into that a little bit. I mean, there's a whole class of shapes that you're not gonna see in that model. I mean, for example, I mean, some of the most high-tech hull forms uh, on the planet today, the SWAT shapes, has anybody, has anybody ever heard of the term SWAT? Uh, you know, this is a sort of a hybrid between a submarine and a catamaran, and, and the blocks that, that Ruben has brought are, unless you're doing extremely small scale, are, are wholly inadequate to be able to do that. Uh, so, you know, there are, there are a lot of, we are seeing today some, some change in, in, in this long evolution of hull force. Um, that you know you, you won't be able to represent them. I mean that's I mean I yeah. you know I could say you know I mean I've seen some presentations on these these hull forms and they're wild hull forms and that would be extremely cool thing to try the model. So that's
2: no there yeah there yeah. there are real limitations on. And, so I, mean, uh, you know, and I think that's yeah, another yeah. thing to think about too. One of the great things about about MIT is that there's great ethnic mix here if so. Anything, whatever's familiar to you, whatever you think, whatever, you know, it really could be, it, I think because this method is relying on your right. your own assumptions to begin with right. and then critiquing your own assumptions, you know, it whatever doesn't really matter. matter right? It, it just doesn't matter at all. At all. It yeah. 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 And, yeah, and you know, the, the, the method is very traditional. You know, it's, it, 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 it's suitable, like Kirk's pointing out, it's suitable for traditional boats. It's suited very well for round bottom boats, you know, boats that are, that are that curved Constantly in, in, in this plane. If you cut it right here, you have a nice yeah. curve here, as opposed to a series of chines or one chine. The method is much better for round bottom than for than for bowls. Okay. Well, line. yeah,
0: uh, I, but I guess until someone uh, jumps up to, to testify there to to what, what they want to do, uh, um, I, just broadly speaking, I mean, we, we are making a few very broad broad assumptions. Let me just sort of clarify what those are. We're we're basically coming from. Um, from a pleasure boat uh, um, you know, world or pleasure boat mentality, we're we're basically thinking about boats that um, that any of us might actually dream about, either owning or or, or operating at some point without having to, to pledge an oath to <laughs> to um to a military. Um, and um, but within 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 those those and and um, that. We could say that that's an arbitrary limitation, but we'll just take that as a given to start with. And if anyone uh, wants to to argue a point uh, to broaden that in some particular way, we can certainly listen to that. But if we take that as a basic assumption, then there are human-powered craft, like the different rowing boats, and there's sail-powered craft, and there there are um, engine-powered craft of some sort or other. Um, Rubin's experience is mostly in well in... Mostly in the human and uh, sail-powered, um, as is mine. Um, although we both have, have have some experience with with, um, with motor-powered you know powered craft. Um, then they're within those those three types and across those three types, they're they're basically there are uh, boats that are that are created from a set of simple uh, surfaces that are flat in one plane or another and and. And create create um, different different um, uh, you know curved plate, plates um, to create the shape of the boat. There, there we've kind of basically made this assumption that we're most interested in boats that are made out of compound curves. Um, they're they're a lot more interesting. And if we're uh, if you take out you know since we don't necessi- we're not necessarily creating they're also the most ambitious. Um, Shapes to to deal with, so there's there's a lot more to kind of sink in our teeth into there. The the um, these these flat the boats made from flat uh, planes are um, they were mostly for the most part or almost always they had compromises to do with with um, with you know technical limitations of the builders or or economical limitations of the of, of the the owners um, to try to kind of over, kind of make something really simple that would still work. Um, for the most part the the, uh, the you know, you never end up with an optimized shape by by starting from just a series of flat planes, um, so so within each of those categories there there are round round shaped you know complex shaped shaped boats. Um, the other t- two basic categories are um, boats that um, displace water as they move totally, which means that whatever they weigh is what keeps you know. Uh, they have a, a, an equal an amount of buoyancy to that water line, you know, which, like on this model, the water line is this one right here. Um, the, the volume of this part of the boat here displaces enough water to support the weight of the whole structure plus the, 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 the uh, whatever cargo or crew or uh, capacity the boat's supposed to, to, to carry. Um, and the boat is always beh- uh, working in a fully displaced um, displacement mode which means that the weight is always being supported just by buoyancy and then there are um, planing boats or semi-planing boats that actually um, through use of, of, of more power uh, whether it be sail power or or engine power uh... and, and uh... and a, a certain kind of a shape actually start to take advantage of of um, you know, of of, of the the the, uh, the hardness of water at, at speed to to actually start to to plane on top of of the water and, and at that point they're they're no longer uh, having to to push that water aside and then let the water come back behind them but they're actually skipping like a you know stone skipping across the surface of the water and those those basic two types um, vary because on the one hand um, a displacement boat um, is you know you can't you couldn't you couldn't dream of of, of getting into a a uh, planing hull without enough enough suitable power, which means either you know, very light construction and a very big sail rig, uh, or or a motor of some sort. So, without a lot of power, you can't get get involved in 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 planing. Um, but vice versa, you know with a with a with a planing boat. Um, you, 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 have you know different challenges with, with making the thing uh, seaworthy enough to, to be able to to survive you know, certain conditions or whatever and and or to, to have enough capacity to uh, you know you don't have planing uh, oil tankers because you know they're all about maximizing capacity and of course if if you were trying to make this thing fly over the top of the water you, you couldn't you couldn't do that um, so we're going to get more and more into the the um, you know, there's there's always a set of of, uh, of trade-offs. There you know there, there there is going to be a a primary reason for trying to follow a certain tack, but then there'll be will be secondary reasons that if too many of those pile up, will mean they'll want to shift direction and, and head a, and head a slightly different way. Um, but but at this point, you know, that we could just go on and on with endless uh, um, abstract discussion, which would certainly fill fill a year. Um, but, um, but it'd be much better to, to start to, to just you know, be very specific about what your projects are going to be. I have a good
3: question actually. Uh, sure. I know a lot of boats are, uh, I guess they used more of a convex shape, sort of. Is it possible to use sort of like a concave thing, especially towards the front or the back? Uh, just oh, like sure. kind of like a combination of. Well, yeah, you're, and
0: you're, you're always, yeah. You see, um, you know, one of the, of course, the most fascinating thing about, uh, about you know, Boat design, part of boat design is actually how a boat goes through the water. It's not all of it, but it's a big part of it. Um, but uh, one of the really fascinating things about, about boat design or, or, or aeronautics is that you're dealing with push, you know, pushing a shape through a fluid, um, or, or in the case of a boat, actually through two fluids, you know, water and air and a boundary layer. Um, and uh, so, you know, a lot of what we're going to be dealing with is thinking about uh... fluid dynamics in a kind of an, an intuitive way for the most part but um, you know when you when you think about curves you know and also you see uh... you know we're basically talking about curves mean, curves in three dimensions and the implications i mean they basically the reason why there are curves in the boat are that on the one hand you want to have a certain capacity to, to carry whatever it is the payload of this thing is and on the other hand you have to try to force this through through this, un, you know, unfairly unyielding medium, and um, it, depending on how much power is available, this is either going to go slowly or it's going to go quickly, or it, it, what, how important load capacity is versus speed, the things going to be either bigger or, or narrower. But basically, if things are very round, they're probably going to be very slow. And um, you know, we, we you know we can talk about why that is, but basically, that that's fairly obvious. That you know, you're taking, you're taking all these molecules that have a lot of Density to them, and you're pushing them out of the way abruptly, and then you're asking them to bounce back together abruptly. Um, if you try to do that beyond a certain speed, you're just going to create tremendous amount of uh, of turbulence. And anytime you know, you set water molecules moving other than where they're going in the first place, you're you're adding energy to that water, and you're doing that by whatever, whether it be your oars or the sail or or putting fuel into the tank. Um, you know. The thing isn't going to go unless you add energy to it. And uh, you want to have the shape um, optimize the, the, the impartation of that energy to the fluid in a way that then requires the least amount to, to, to do what you want to do. Uh, and also, um, this is something that, that people often don't really appreciate is that uh, a boat actually gets some of that energy back if you do it right. Uh, you know, when first you're pushing. The water out of the way, but then behind you, the water's kind of pushing. You know, when once the waters get past the middle, and it's trying to get back together again, it's actually pushing pushing you forward. Uh, yeah. So, yeah,
2: it, especially it, it, this, the, the hollow line thing. Th- even this boat has is very like this bow is very hollow. Um, back back in this section is extremely uh, hollow in there. Um, but you know, there's quite a difference. And how that hollow is expressed, you
0: know, for an app. Yeah. So, so you know, we, we um, use a variety of curves, from from straight lines to to you know to hollow curves to to to, to with straight lines to, to to full curves for different purposes in different in different places. Um, and again, this is one of these things that the sooner we plug in to a specific, um, the, this will become much more more, more interesting and and, and directed. Um, but. Um, um, well, a few of you have, have talked about being interested in, in, in doing a rowing a rowing boat of some sort okay so uh, there were two, two of you oh you and job. you right um, so what if one of you just came out with uh, how many people and how roughly how large a, a rowing boat or should it be a, a like a, a crew boat racing or boat or should it be a boat to, to, to for to carry you know a ton of a, a ton of clams in or six-foot
2: seas or six-inch C's right. yeah, too. Th- think, no, think about think about you know the power obviously think about the use think about what you're familiar but, with
0: but uh, but just just start you know Yeah. a very uh, famous uh, boat builder uh, one of his one of his who wrote a bunch of books p color his 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 best bit of advice was experience starts when you begin <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, this is all, all about trying to experience. We have to experience this, we can't just sort of talk about
2: it. And and don't, you know, if you throw an idea, we're not locking you into the idea. No, no. Just begin the thought process, just just start, um, just throw something out. Like like, like Tony says, you know, you're talking about an an eight-oar shell, or you're talking about a Whitehall style. I mean, this is essentially, you know, a, a rowing boat. A lot of boats, small boats are shaped like this, you know. Obviously, it's not very fast. But it can do other stuff that it, that an eight-hour shell can't Even be. this boat was was
0: was yeah. rowed too. But the yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. The skipper didn't
2: so eight-man racing shell. hmm
0: Okay. All right. So um, all right, so let's just talk a little bit about what what the the basic parameters of that. Are. First off, um, Has everybody seen one of those? Now my table. Yeah, because yeah, they're they're got them right over there. Um, so a racing shell exists because a certain number of people who, with enough dough to do it um, find it interesting to have a have a, a sport where where a team of strong people get into to a boat and race over uh, on calm water over what, a mile, mile and a half course, something like that. There's, uh and it's usually over in the fall, it's like three miles. Three miles, right, right. So, uh, and, uh, and then they come back to a clubhouse and they hang up the boat and they hang up the equipment and go, go on with, you know, with their lives before 6 a.m. Uh, and uh, so, so you know, as far as from a boat designer's perspective, I, you know, it's really important that, that we not just sort of, that we don't explore the fact that, that there, there's a social component to this. I mean, this boat wouldn't exist if it, if it wasn't important to, to, to the people who want this boat to fulfill this particular need, and we just assume that a that a need just is there, or 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 that uh, or that because there are five different niches that that covers all needs. But this is this is a very you know this this particular need has a long tradition and and uh, um, and there's been a, a, a long development to 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 satisfy that need. So it's it's right now it's a it's a kind of a boat that's been that's been pretty well developed over the last hundred and Something years um, and it started out being a basically it grew out of uh, uh, well basically like a Viking, a viking ship you know they a, a, a lap straight lightweight um, long skinny flexible hull that 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 uh, you know, had eight, eight um, you know vikings in it <laughs> and they'd they row really fast and um, but then you know as as, as the as the co- you know again with you see racing the whole idea of racing um, again it's 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 an, it's an assumption it isn't the only way to think about pleasure boats but it is an, it's a basic assumption that a lot of people make right off the start is that well the way to have fun with a boat is to compete with a boat and so of course this is a very highly evolved version of that so um, you've got you teams that compete against other teams, schools and they're, they're often like with MIT there have been schools that that have prided themselves on their engineering abilities and so uh, so this, this has had a, a lot of development. So from that start, you know, something like a Thames River river Barge, which was basically a water taxi in London, um, you know, big, long, fairly skinny, uh, lightweight boat uh, with long oars. And this, this developed into, into these shells, which basically um, totally minimized the amount, their displacement boats because even though they're very fast, they're quite heavy because, the, you know, the crews are... Are really big and big and strong for the size of the actual boat. The, the boat, um, you know, there's a lot of power, but there's still a lot of weight. So they're totally displacement hulls. Um, but how do you get the maximum amount of of uh, displacement with the minimum amount of surface area? Well, you do that with a with a half a, a, a half a circle section, right? uh, You know, anything where you know anything that, that goes that deviates from from a from an arc, a circle is going to have more surface area for the same volume. So so basically, um, you know, the, this is a big long half of a half of a pipe with then a pointy end at the front to break break the water, and then and then a fairly uh, pointy and buoyant end to, to to you know to hold the back up and, and to and to let the water come back together, and. Um, there's no stability to this boat because what's the least stable uh, shape shape there is? If you take a beach ball and throw it in the water, you know it'll just tumble it'll just keep on turning because there's nothing to keep it upright. Um, you know these boats are all assuming that there's a that there's a, a, a shoulder, there's a you know a corner that's going to resist um, tipping. Uh, in a lot of cases, there's also ballast that resists tipping in the opposite way by you know you, you as you try to bring a weight up away from from its natural repose, it's you know, it's going to fight to, to come back down. Um, but in but in these racing shells, um, there's absolutely no stability from the boat. And if uh, if you know, if three of the rowers <coughs> raise their left eyebrows, uh, the thing is likely to tip over. Um, and that's part of the sport. You know, it's part of the rigor of the sport is that 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 the crew uh, has to work together in every way, including keeping the boat upright. Because if they don't, if they can't even do that, they're they're, you know, they're not even going to make to the starting line. Um, so, so that means that um, uh, for for your for your particular project, if this is what you're interested in, you can either try to, uh, well, we, we can we start by 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 looking at it in what are the what are the the the, the, the what's the current thinking about what what makes the 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 best shape uh, for these boats, and talk a little bit about the construction because of course the lighter the lighter this, this structure is the the the, uh, the the smaller it can be and that means there's less gonna be less resistance in, in every way and the thing's gonna be faster but um, but then mostly well, I'm not really absolutely certain about this but I, I think we, there there is some development classes but when when two schools race are they racing identical boats? No, no, no you're able to, design. yeah, you can develop the design but there, but as water, well as there the waterline requirements, aren't they? Yeah, there this,
2: is. Something we should talk about, too, is what is the function of that length? I mean, this would be really basic for some of you, but, you know, in a displacement hull, what is that
0: function? Does anybody know? Yeah, A bunch of you do. <laughs> no, you but you the, do, you just don't realize yeah. it. <laughs> um, if you look at an oscilloscope, uh, you know, you, you have a wave, Right? And, and that wave holds, holds is, um, has something to do with energy, right? and um, you know whether it be, be a light wave or a radio wave or, or a water wave, um, you know either the amplitude or the length of that wave, I mean, the the amount of deviation over a certain area from from flat is a, it, is is a is a function of, of the amount of energy that, that 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 that's held within within this this wave producing system. Um, you know, water works works that you way. Know, the surface of water really works that way. Um, if if you uh, if if you try to push something through water, that 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 separating of the water and trying to get a, you know just dis, displace the displacement uh, wave that, that that happens around the boat, um, the shape of that wave is limited by the laws of waves that 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 many of you are familiar with from from other you know, from other areas, and um, basically. Um, you know the wave for a given speed is going to have a certain wavelength, and then for a given amount of energy uh, required to meet that speed, is going to have a certain amplitude. You know, the, uh, a boat that's very very efficient for a certain speed for a certain speed um, may have a very low amplitude wave, and one that's you know towing a brick through water at the same speed as one of these rowing shells is going to create this this horrifically high. High wave with a lot of a lot of turbulence. Um, so so um, if if um, if if you have a given amount of energy to power a boat, like you know eight rowing you know uh, pairs of, of shoulders and legs, then um, the longer you can make that boat, um, the faster it's going to go because one wa- you know one wave is going to um, you know is the, the the length of wave that that boat can create will, will be going at a higher speed than a, than a shorter boat um, just back up on that a little bit that for a displacement boat to fulfill that whole function of, of parting the water and letting the water come back together behind it, it it's limited to at most at you know this, the fastest it can go is one wavelength length right where there's the there's the um, crest of a wave starting so at the l- back.
2: Let's, let's look at it. You know, in this yeah. sense, you have got that that wave form. If you look at photographs, but this is a way to think about your models. That, See, that wave like line that. is going to make this
0: nice sweep? Right. And when so there's a crest here, yeah. and there's a crest a crest at the stern or the double ender, you know, like most the rowing boats, then then that crest is back here. And if if you try to go faster than than that wavelength, then you're going to start to the the equation isn't going to work out. You have mm-hmm. to walk. You know the the, um, the support of water is going to increase in the bow because the wave is getting higher, um, but the length of the wave is going to be way back here, and you're not going to get the support back here. So effectively, you go from a from a uh, you know a zero sum energy situation to one where where you know basically you're going uphill because because you know you're you know the, the amplitude of the wave here and the length of the wave here isn't allowing you to, to resolve all of the, yeah, the that, forces.
2: And a lot of planning boats have to overcome that and that's kind of what they do. Everybody's in a power boat that goes way up at the bow and, and it's really inefficient, it's making a big, there's a hole in the back of the boat. But then once it gets up on plane, it levels out again. You know, it's a certain yeah. speed, but the hull is really inefficient. Right. But a displacement hull can be very, very efficient. And, and whereas in a boat, shaped like this, as opposed to a 60 or 58 foot long, Eight shell? How they're about that long, aren't they? I think about like, forty. Oh, they're, they're I thought they were longer than that. Yeah. I'm thinking of the canoes I guess yeah, right. on the Pacific Northwest, or Polynesian Island or something. Um, the, the, those boats are making a wave too, but you, it's it's almost invisible. It's so long and the amplitude is so low, you know, because of that speed to that length to weight ratio. That with well, this boat is is very pronounced, and you can actually tell if you know you know if you see the wave if you see the wave you know like a, if this is sailing in this light air you can see the boat there'd be a bow wave and then the, the the stern wave might be here you know the boat's not at hull speed it's not at its maximum speed but once once the breeze is up and the hull gets full power then that stern wave is back there you can actually judge speed based on how that how that wave is shaped along the hull we'll look at a lot of photographs that show that. but that's just just you know it, as far as this process goes that's just another way to think about this shape Intuitively, and, and, and as a dynamic,
0: yeah. And f- see, for instance, um, the the example of a of a of a of a racing uh, shell is is on one end of the extreme where the conditions are yeah. basically always exactly the same. Uh, the power is almost exactly the same. Just uh, on a certain day, a certain eight athletes are going to be you know, a tiny bit stronger than the other eight athletes in the other boat, but but that range is very narrow. Of the power input, it's almost though like so you said, okay, I'm going to use this this electric motor of 12, you know, 12 watts or whatever, and that's going to be the power I have, and I can raise or lower it by you know a tenth of a percent, and that's how I'm going to tell who's going to win. So, um, so those boats are, are are acting under very very limited set of conditions for a short period of time. They don't have to to um, to have any room for for you to to sleep, you came and bring, you know, you yeah, bring your lunch with well, them or
2: anything. Let, so, so let's think about that. Okay, we're in, we're in the Charles and we've got to read our inner shell. We want to now take that boat out into the inner harbor. You know, what what changes would we want to make to that to that hull? What, how would we tweak that for that new use? We still want a fast boat. We know it's not going to be as fast as the dedicated river, you know, flat water uh, shells, but, but what about when you're out and say two, three feet of chop dealing with wakes and currents and all the good stuff that's out there. You know, what, what how would you how would you reshape that hull? I mean what what are the what are the new requirements? You want stability is a big requirement. It's gotta be able to shed some water, it's gotta be able to lift on on the seas and throw them aside so that it can carry through. Um, and that that impacts how you row, that that impacts position, the style of rowing, and it impacts the whole shape of the boat suddenly. And then, you know, moving on from that, if you want to carry something now, now you're going to carry, you know, back in the 1850s, there were, there were big uh, 14-oared barges in Boston Harbor that were carrying, a lot of times they were carrying granite. <laughs> so they're these big, they're, they're, I've rode in some of these boats, they're, they're 38 feet long, they're, they're 10-oared gigs, um, but they're open water boats with fixed seats, there's no sliding seat in the 17-foot oar. Um, they're pretty darn seaworthy. Those boats can really go anywhere. Um, but it doesn't look anything like a cell. You know, this boat is, I think the Bantry Bay gates are seven feet in beam or so. They're, they're quite wide. Um, but still, you've got that long water line. Um, but you have a whole other application
0: involved. OK, so whoever's the, the most bored with the whole idea of talking about a rowing boat, uh, what kind of boat is starting to pop up in your head. So we can bounce, the, you know, have, have some different sides to the story.
1: So one thing I
0: thought of was
1: uh, if we could have a boat that has maximum resistance to tipping over, mm-hmm. uh, it could also be designed uh, fairly as a racing boat. But to have something that doesn't tip over and at the same time moves fast. As a uh, sailboat, so, you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something okay. like
0: a sailboat. Right, right. Yeah, well. Um, and um, do you have a roughly a sense of size or number of people or, uh, or place to use it? Um, I'm actually quite new to this, but no, that's fine. That's fine. Right, that's yeah. fine. Um,
1: I would say four to six
0: people. Okay. And do you kind of use it coast off the coast here, or or uh, uh, you know crossing the ocean, or uh, things river? Perhaps mm-hmm. yeah, up, Out up up in the river, out yeah, out For the for the day, for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Well, um, yeah. That's that's a. There's even a name for that kind of boat. Call it day sailor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know that that's that's a very you know that's that's um, um, a, a good dozen steps removed from the from from the rowing shell um, and. Uh, but but it's again it's a, it's a it's a it's a very you know known type and uh, a very to me very interesting kind of boat because it kind of boils down the the other end well of of a spectrum that, of ways of thinking about having fun out on the water uh, the other was a was a very uh, regimented sport and, uh, and this is more the idea of just um, kind of getting out and enjoying the enjoying the day on the water and. Uh, um, more or less being rabid or not rabid about uh, beating your buddy yeah. who's in the next boat next to you, um, and um, you know the it's, this this particular design here, which was a which was a, 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 a lobster boat, a fishing boat off wow. from, from not that one, but yeah, yes. Well, <laughs> this, this is the first <laughs> day sailor version. Yeah, of a day sailor version, but that grew out of a, a of a, a working lobster boat um, is. This is uh, this one's 22, 20 feet, um, but, uh, but anywhere from you know from for four to six people, anything from let's say 18 to, to 30 feet uh, um, could could accommodate that that kind of boat and and uh, either be for um, the, the the different types are there 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 are boats for for small lakes where there really are never very very many waves uh, to um, to bigger rivers or, or bays where where there can be you know fairly nasty short uh, choppy waves that might be you know this time this high uh, and then other places where well you know there there is no protected water and if I want to go out for the afternoon I still have to go right out up there in the nasty ocean so so you know some of the so these the, this type of boat can vary from from being um, you know it certainly never has to be as as limited in its uh, conditions as the rowing shell but but it can be something that's evolved for a very fairly limited set of conditions, or something that has to deal with it, with anything. Um, so it's it's a it's a broad open range, and as as you as you go along, kind of trying to hone what part of that of that you would like to follow, because you know the uh, the more specific each of you can be about what it is that you're envisioning, but step by step becoming more specific, the more you're going to you're going to um, to learn specifically about what we're, about boats and about what we're talking about as a subject matter, but also uh, it, it will take you through this kind of, of incremental decision-making process, which is really what design is all about and applies to every to everything.
2: Well, yeah, let's. And the, the the question you asked, the the way you posed it was was good because you're talking first about stability. You you've narrowed down you know some ideas about the use you know in this beginning phase, but but. You know, Tony talked a little bit about the different ways of making a boat stable and that's something you'd have to answer too. Um, like th- this, this boat, this boat actually originally had, had sort of two forms of stability. It has this, this buoyant, this, this section this, this, you know, it's fairly wide, so it's got this section here that's buoyant, so as the hull, as it press the sail, leans the hull over, that buoyancy is, is re- resisting that shape. It also had lead cast into the keel here too, so it had both forms of stability. Uh, some, some boats you know, are very wide and shallow, and if you're in a river, that may be what you want because the river may be really shallow. Um, other boats may be very, very deep with a lot of lead. So the, the deeper they are, the, the, the bilges, the, this curve here, they're very slack, so there's none of that form stability. There's nothing about the shape of the boat that keeps it from going over, but that weight, as soon as you... So that, that's a boat that kind of has to be lean quite a bit in order for it to become stable right so that's something else to think about is you know in terms of use if if it's a shallow water environment or a deep water environment and then all your pre- preconceptions about how to make the whole stable so that, that that's a great way to think about the design right there and thinking about the model um, intuitively and making guesses about that time. All
0: right. Does I feel like groundswell. Massive category. I feel like (laughs) groundswell now. now. Two or three people are going to raise their hand with two or three other uh, other ideas, or or jumping on a bandwagon and they want to follow the same idea but but a slightly different. So let's see who else is is ready. to... anybody thinking about power
2: at all? I mean, anybody thinking about an engine? Electric, uh, gas, diesel. Anybody thinking about a planning hull? Yeah. um, Does anybody
0: understand what a can somebody give me an example of what a planing a planing hull? What what we mean by that? Just Miami a boat device. Miami Vice carver? Yeah. Sure. Or a or windsurfer. Okay. for right. example. Yep. Too. Yeah. This, yep. but yeah. Those, yep. and that's two two very different types right. of hulls. There's, there's has a anybody windsurfed? Yeah. You, you windsurf? Anybody surf surfed? You too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you count as two for that? Two boats. <laughs> okay. um, would that would. Uh, um, so, so that means you're interested in, in rough water, and you're interested in, in, in wind and athleticism, right? Uh, so you know a good category for you might be a, uh, um, a, a high-speed racing dinghy or a, um, or a sailing canoe. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of either of those types, but um, the um, the most famous of the of the racing dinghies would be the Australian idines, uh, they call them. Um, you know, which have evolved now over the last hundred odd years, but um, they're they're a great example of, of how um, if you can look at uh, designs from you know the 1890s that look like they look like uh, prehistoric versions of, of the boats that you know that you'd see in a, you know in a, you know in Sydney right now with carbon fiber rigs and you know people out on trapezes. But the thing is that um, they were models because at the time you know sailing models you know this big or even six feet long. Um, but there was no way at that time to have materials strong enough to do such an extreme boat, big enough to carry people. But they were already doing it with models. Um, and um, you know, the thing with with uh, what's so exciting about about surfing or windsurfing or, or a sailing, uh, can, you know, canoe or a uh, or, or an 18 uh, is that you're you're um, you're experiencing an enormous, you know, incredibly dynamic set of conditions you know very high energy uh, and that require a lot of athleticism and a lot of uh, of you know kind of grooving on the on all the complexity of, of, of dynamics that's going on while you, while you're you know while you're experiencing this um, you know when you're, you're if you're surfing you know you can't kind of like stop and think about <laughs> any particular thing but you've got to keep just absorbing the whole thing all the time right and and reacting to it well that's 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 like a that's exactly the kind of thing that that um, that design you know that thinking through a design is just like surfing that way and that you know you can't get bogged down in any particular idea but you've got to to allow yourself to to, to gain experience just absorbing as a wide range of dynamic parameters so that then you can actually ride the ride this wave to, to, to some conclusion um, but anyway so there's all sorts of interesting things that we can go from yeah, there
2: and, and this another interesting thing about that that kind of boat is that you're balanced you're, the the, right. the system you use to hold the boat up is suddenly is you it is, is you right so instead of your instead of the weight being concentrated in, in the middle of the boat and immovable, suddenly the weight is way out here right your, your weight on on the side of the hull that is going to keep it upright so yeah. that's something else to think about when you're as you're thinking about design is that yeah. that's another dynamic
0: element yeah to, see to the consider. in the racing shell, um it's kind of like a tightrope walker with a great big bar you know you've got the the oars and the fact that you've got people who are very sensitive to their to their balance, and their equilibrium, are all trying to kind of balance in the middle of this very tiddly thing, um, and that's one kind of experience of of human dis- um, 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 stability, you know, uh, you know, gaining stability for the vessel just by the crew doing a job, and in a in a um, you know in a windsurfer or or, a, or a, um, a sailing canoe or or you know a sailing canoe is basically. Is a little skinny boat, not much different from a from a, a short, a smaller uh, rowing shell, you know, with a with a hemispherical bottom to it, or or you know, basically starting with a hemisphere and then tapering to a planing surface. Um, but you know, this wide, and then a, um, a a sliding bar or a trapeze that lets you be out, you know, six to eight feet away from the center of the boat to hold it upright. And then when you you know, when you tack, when you change directions, you've got to get from that one side over to the other. Fast enough and, and, and uh, smoothly enough to keep the thing the thing upright. And it
1: doesn't have a too? Well. No, it doesn't have anything. No, they, it's, yeah. just, no it's, it's just it's just you know yeah.
0: this dynamic human human stability and in an in 18 you've got three people on trapezes. Everybody that's on board is is in in a trapeze and they've all got to got to get around to the other side somehow. And, hook and unhook or whatever, swing around yeah. um, to, to, to keep this thing, thing upright. In sailing canoes, the stability is different when you're moving. That's one, sure. of, the, one of
2: the real challenges that I've done a lot of sailing, sailing canoes the old uh, 19th century. That was, that was yachting, you know, for poor people around 1890, um, and I've worked on a bunch of those boats. But when you, when you tack, when you come about after another heading and sail, the, those boats really stall. They almost get, so they're standing still. And if you fill the sails too quickly and you react too fast with your weight, it will just lie over on you. It'll, so you have to, it, the, the pressure on the sails varies with your speed. so you're constantly sheeting in and making, so that's another, another part of the dynamic yeah. nature of those boats. Yeah. But this is another thing about, about rowing, too, to consider, is that there's a, there's a, there's a weight side to side, but in, in rowing, you've got masses of weight sliding fore and aft, Right? And so that, that's something the rowers I going to work on that quite a bit, trying to be very smooth in that transition, right? you know, throwing your weight. But the hull has to resist that sudden mass of weight moving forward and then sliding back without pitching, without inducing drag or influencing that wave in a negative way, too.
0: Yeah, see, the, you know, the, again, a really exciting thing about, about uh, thinking about the dynamics of a boat is that um, the you know, water will Resist, but ultimately never, never just block any, any any force that you that you put into it. You know, if you're if you're building a, a building or a, you know a skyscraper or putting up a tent or whatever, you basically can count on the ground being more or less uh, resistant, and that uh, you know you, you can pretty much you know um, you've got a fair amount of leeway as to whether or not you put a lot of the of the weight of a structure over on the one side, and you have another part over here that doesn't have much. Much much weight over it as long as the thing isn't overbalanced, it's going to stand. Whereas whereas with a you know with, with a boat interacting with water, um, you know the water is just always uh, working to 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 um, to tr- to transmit that force you know you know resolve that force somehow and it has to do it all within between between the water and and the boat. And so if um, you know pitching forces or or healing forces which are going to tip the tippiness or um, um, you know, speed forces and interaction with waves—all of those things have to be resolved between between the boat and and and, and the fluid. There's no there's no external uh, foundation that you can rely on to to, to hold the thing upright. Um, okay, so so now we've got three of the of the basic types of boats covered. You know, we've got the the um, a, a very narrowly defined uh, human-powered uh, Racing boat, we've got a um, pretty broadly defined uh, pleasure sailboat, and then we've got a, a, a very dynamic um, sail powered but human, human balanced um, uh, you know, dinghy or, 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 or sailing canoe. Um, is anyone not interested in any of those types but more interested in something else?
3: What about like a motorboat having the power from the back mm-hmm. uh, for like, I don't know, like three to five people uh-huh. or something like that, and how does I guess how, how does the shape because yeah, uh, well, it does plane First the off,
0: okay. what's it going to be useful?
3: Um, just for like a day or out on a lake or something like that to, Um
0: to, to around? Yeah, I guess, um, or, or
3: even uh, actually an ocean one would be interesting, like okay. how that
0: um, um, but, Okay, so let's just Narrow it down a little bit more, um, um, because you know boats boats are are expensive. They're a lot of trouble, and they're a lot of, tr- of trouble to, to deal with, you know to deal with. So if they don't actually, if you haven't thought through what you need it for mm-hmm. well enough to be able to express it to whoever designing it, in this case it's it's the same person since you're designing, um, then. The chances of you being disappointed with it later are going to be very high. And it's like, oh, I never really thought through this assumption, and I really didn't mean that I wanted to be, you know, pounding through, you know, uh, on my way out to, to, uh, you know, to to, um, to to you know, to the Bahamas for the for the weekend, listening to the, to uh, you know the Miami of theme theme song, when I really meant to be puttering an electric boat on a lake in you know Maine. So um, if you can narrow it down.
3: What about like a kind of like an intercoastal kind of boat mm-hmm. I mean, that would go behind, I mean, not to get those huge waves. Well, but you know, something there's, could a, there's an intercoastal waterway that goes
0: all the way from here basically all the way, you can all go all the way to, uh, to Texas, um, you know, where you barely ever have to go outside and mostly there's either canals or bays or rivers that you take. Uh, and that's, you know, people will do, they'll do a kind of a, a round trip where they'll you know, come, well, wherever you start, let's say start in Boston, uh, you go down, take the intercoastal all the way down through Florida um, and you know, cut across and go, go along the Gulf Coast and then go up the Mississippi River and then take um, canals and things and get themselves to the Great Lakes and then you do the Great Lakes, come out the St. Lawrence River and then come come down there, you know, a few open parts, but but mainly uh, you can do that, you know, you can do that whole big big trip, uh, um, you know, spend a, a summer or whatever. Uh, what would be an ideal boat for that is? For instance, does that sound like that might be your your project? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, see how much easier this is getting. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a question. What about materials? Oh yeah. Well, like materials? Between like. The yeah. Lightness of like fiberglass to maybe the extreme of concrete, for example. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, say like just basic operation just on Charles River for a couple miles. Like, how how are the, the differences of materials going to affect? like the
3: constructions were... Right,
0: right. Well, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a big question. And uh, um, once once you start getting to the point where, where we just got with, with um, what's your name? Now? Allison. 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 Mm-hmm. With, with what we, we just got with Allison's project, one of the next few steps was, would be to, um, to start thinking about material. Um, with the, um, your name? Dwight. Dwight? Yeah. With Dwight's boat, um, we're pretty much already... Uh, set with a material it's probably going to be uh, carbon fiber hull that's uh, you know, cured in an autoclave, uh, and uh, um, because again it has to, this thing has to like, another thing about those forces, you know the pitching forces of the crew rolling back and forth. It's not just the forces on the water, but the forces on the structure. This little skin, you know, for, for you architecture uh, people, you know, you've got this tiny little beam, you know, lengthwise, and you're putting all of these torsional stresses on it all the time. And if this thing starts to, to to buckle or to or to waggle, uh, it's going to destroy its the flow. You know, because obviously flow is going to be quicker if it's nice and smooth. And if it all of a sudden it's being pushed and pushed, yeah. so so um, so there. You know, we're we're already pretty much certain that that's the material we would use for, for his boat for um, your name again, Sebastian. Sebastian's boat. Um, we 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 probably want to go with either. Um, Either carbon fiber hull, but that might end up being more expensive than, than we'd want to go. So that might end up being a, a foam cord fiberglass hull, or if it was a uh, if you really wanted to either do it himself or uh, or have it be a kind of a, a development boat that that um, that wouldn't require as much capitalization to, to go from you know one stage to the next, it might be um, one of the uh, of of the, the modern composite wood. Wood hull forms, um, and uh, no one's said that they wanted to make a uh, the stone barges like <laughs> Ruben was suggesting. But um, you know, for uh, you know, for the Normandy invasion, <laughs> World War II, they they made you know concrete uh, um, you know barges that then they used to carry stuff over to the beaches and then sunk them there on the beach and then turned into the uh, you know they call them the mulberry docks that that they then tried to use to as a harbor, you know, on, on this open beach. So, um...
1: You're, you're aware that architecture has a competition right now? Did, did you know? that? Um, it's one concrete of concrete things... Concrete. <laughs> yeah. Architecture has uh, a competition right now where, um, the idea is that a... something has to float <clears throat> and presumably move down the Charles River. So um, I don't know whether that's why <laughs> uh Well, I'm not in a competition, but I'm just curious. Sure. Curious. I mean, but the, I don't well, requirement concrete. concrete. It has yeah, to be concrete. And I, mean, I can't remember the exact. I uh, yeah. was part of the original committee. Yeah. But it's the idea huh. being that it has, yeah. it has to be concrete, and it has to... It doesn't have to be on top of the water. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, yeah. it, it, has, it can yeah. be under the water. It yeah. Could, uh, yeah. But it has to be able to... Uh,
0: some part of it has to be able right. to be inhabited. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, part of that whole that the, the the ooh the wow factor of that question is goes back to that you know that kind of the the question you used to stump little kids. It's like, what's heavier, a pound of feathers or a pound of lead? I mean, it doesn't really matter whether boats made out of concrete or made out of feathers. It's still going to float if it's big enough to display. Or you know, if it's if it's if it's uh, has enough buoyancy to displace its own weight, and so there's nothing particularly amazing about a boat being made out of cement or steel or lead. Even I guess it's kind of amazing, you know, like, but uh, or you know like the, the MythBusters a while back, they, they tried making a, an airplane model out of out of uh, cement. Um, that kind of didn't work because they didn't understand aerodynamics at all. But but it would be possible too. You could make an airplane out of cement if you wanted to. Um, but, uh, but also it's scary because it means that uh, the 70s never do die, do they? <laughs> uh, and I mean the 1970s, not the. Uh, the there was a big um, fad in the, in the 1970s of, of people saying, well, we can make our own, our own um, big cruising sailboat and sail around the world out of cement. The stone boat. Without having, to, you know, <laughs> without having to learn how to build a boat because it's easy to make these things out of cement. You know, Basically it was a big wire mesh. You've spent a lot of time creating a wire mesh, you know, and then, and then a few terrifying hours pouring cement into it, and then uh, a decade or more watching this thing deteriorate. While you figured out that you couldn't, since you didn't know enough woodworking or metalworking or whatever, <laughs> to complete the boat, you never get, you never got any further than that. And then, you know, a lot of these things. Of course, cement to be light and strong has to be really well engineered, and it's not it's not really a very it's not the kind of uh, well, I can pour a patio, so I can build a private, you know, cement boat. You know, it, it's a very, it's it's a, it's a very tricky, tricky uh, uh, medium to and, work with. We have and a lot of drawbacks. And ferrous
2: wire in, ferris- in saltwater environments. Right, very good. <laughs> right. It has a lot of
0: drawbacks without with very few. Uh, all of the kind of obvious, what you might think of as obvious uh, selling points for it are really none of them are true. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, it, yeah. In terms of the construction, too, I mean, the, the capitalization is a, is a big thing, and, and that's just another element to this method um, in terms of capitalization. Is that this method? One of the reasons why this half hole, half hole carving method for people you know, for whom it works is still viable is that it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to buy a computer. You don't have to buy a CNC milling machine, any of that stuff. You can you can design and loft the boat, you know, for a couple hundred bucks in materials, and and that that's one thing that's, that that reason why it still works. And also, wooden boat building, if you're building one boat, still a pretty good way to go because it's the, the tooling time and setup time is nothing like a fiberglass boat. And that The fiberglass boats are getting cheaper to tool all the time, but it's still right up there. You still need a big room, you need a five-axis milling machine to carve that foam block and all that all that stuff. So that that's another element of this method, is to, have it
0: back here your mind. Yeah, for instance, now with the projects that we've got lined up. Um, um, you're going to have to help me with the names for another couple oh, of... Oh, I'm, I'm Dwight. Dwight. Dwight's it's boat like uh, four out of is six going six to be six. a very <laughs> highly engineered structure. It's going to be built in a basically you know, kind of a laboratory. Um, and... Um, uh, i sorry, you're... Aftab.
1: Aftab.
0: Aftab. Yes. Aftab's uh, boat could be built um, by Ruben in his shop or or it could be built in a laboratory or anywhere in between. And um, Alice, Allison. Allison's boat um, could be built in, in Ruben's shop or, or at some, not, not, it doesn't have to be too esoteric in, in how it's built. Um,
2: My shop is 28 degrees right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And That's so why I love Sebastian's boat January. could be, again, could be, in his, could be built in his uh, garage or it could be built in a lab, uh, you know, anywhere within that range. Um, and mercifully, none of them are going to be built out of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as
3: um, like adding, so like, if you had like, a motorboat and the sail, like, how does that affect, if you had both? Have both, yeah, uh, sure. How does that, I guess, affect
0: the dynamics of the boat? Yeah, well, yeah, we've kind of short, short-circuited your whole analysis here. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the amazing president, you know. It's, it's like, All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell your future. future. Um, yeah, you know, your boat, um, you know, you, it could either, you know, be a. I mean, I want to. It, there are different, different themes that you could take bring to this. You could say, well, um, I want to be able to watch my soap operas every day, and I and have have uh, children you know, drinks in a microwave, and and make sure that you know my frozen pizzas are are going to be well taken care of, and have this thing basically be like a floating Winnebago, that that then you you know you take down an ocean highway instead of on the highway. Um, or on the other hand, you might say, well, you know, I'd love to see all of this area and uh, with as low impact as possible.